Chapter 22 of Legends of Saints and Sinners. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Danielle Fedrigo, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Legends of Saints and Sinners by Douglas Hyde. The Farmer's Son and the Bishop. Preface. The following story is an extract from a much longer piece in prose and verse, which I take from a manuscript in my own possession made by Patrick O'Prunty, granduncle, I think, of Charlotte Bronte, in 1764. It is called The Council of Maclava from Ognomolan in Red Archie, that is, Red Shane, son of Braddock, son of Donald the Gloomy, son of Shane, son of Torlo, etc. In a manuscript in the Royal Irish Academy, I find it entitled The Council of Maclavi from Ognomolan to his cousin Red Archie Littus, on his forsaking his wife to take the yoke of piety on him, that is, of priestifying, or The Priest of the Stick, by Lawrence Fenin. In another manuscript of mine, written by the well-known scribe Labras O. Forthen, from Portlow in the county of Waterford, in 1786, it is called The Council of Maclava from Ognomolan to Red Archie Macabrady. The poem is entirely satirical, and the gist of it is that the writer advises Archie not to be working like a poor man in dirt and misery, but from himself to earn the reputation of having a little Latin, and to become a bouillère, a comic word for bull promulgator or priest. Any kind of Latin, he tells him, will do with an uneducated congregation, such as parva nec invidio, or hanctua panelepe, or tuba miram spargens sonum, or igoteno teneo amen. The poet tells his victim that when he is reading, he can twist and stifle his voice like a melodious droning, and partly a humming through the nose, and partly the smothering of a cough, and then the wealthy, full ignorant lady amongst the congregation shall say that it is a great pity the shortness of breath, the pressure on the chest, and the tightness round the breast that strikes the blessed, loud-voiced, big-worded priest at the time of service. He then proceeds to tell him the following story, in the style of the Irish romances common to the 18th century. For the original Irish and the poem and notes, see volume 1, page 180, Religious Songs of Connacht. The Story O oh, Cousin Archie, I must now tell you a little allegory which has a bearing upon your own present case, about a greedy, fat-boned, stoop-headed, bashful fellow of a son that a long-bearded, broad-sided, cowherdful, large-flock-having farmer had, who was once on a time residing by the side of the island and the illustrious church of Clonmacnoise. And this aforesaid farmer was accustomed to double his alms to a godly blessed hermit who was living close by him, giving with excess of diligence beyond the rest of the congregation, in order that he might have the aid of this hermit in putting forward that blockhead of a son toward the priesthood. At last, on the priest of that parish in which they were, dying, the farmer promulgates and lays bare to the hermit the secret conception and intention which he had stored up for a long time before that. And it was what he said to him, that he considered, himself, that there was no person at all who would better suit the congregation as a parish priest than this son of his own, from the love of the priesthood which he had. The farmer beseeches and begs him, giving him large offerings on the head of it, to go with his son to the presence of the Bishop of Clonmacnoise. They set forth, all three, side by side on that journey, the farmer, the hermit, and the hermit's son, together with a great congregation of their friends and cousins, and of the farmer's acquaintance accompanying him to the strand and harbour of the island of Clonmacnoise. It was then a gentleman, who was in the assembly, asked the farmer, with prophesying truly wise words, whether he knew if his lad of a son were wise or educated enough to receive the grade of priesthood on that occasion. He answered that he knew himself that he was, without any doubt, because he had been for seven years clerk of salt and water, i.e. acolyte, to the blessed godly father who departed to heaven from us but now, and moreover that he was plentiful with his amens at time of mass or marriage, and that in this respect he had generally too much rather than too little. 
Oh, I am satisfied, said the gentleman, turning his back on him, bursting into a fit of laughing. However, upon the farmer thus satisfying the gentleman's question, they were all silent, until the hermit's lad, the shouting attendant, gave a shout at the beach, asking for a curac and a means of transport to row to the island. After that comes to them a broad-wombed, long-timbered boat, with eight loudish, big-biting, lumpish, dawdling, raw-nosed, great-sleeping spalpeens of the parish on the left hand of the farmer's son. They enjoin on the farmer with his people to wait on the beach of the harbor until they themselves should come back. This they do. In the meantime, on the above-mentioned couple going into the bishop's presence, the hermit discloses the reason and meaning of his journey. The bishop consents, at the request of the hermit, to confer the degrees of priesthood on the farmer's son, and make some of the clergy who were along with him put scholarly questions to the youth, so that they might have some knowledge of the amount of his learning to give the bishop. However, they found nothing, either great or small, of any kind of learning whatsoever in him. After that, they report to the bishop about the civility. The bishop is angry at the clergy on hearing their report, and t'was what he said that it was a shame or fright they put on the youth, and he himself calls him with him far apart, to the brink and very margin of the lake, in solitude, so that they came within the view of the farmer and his people on the opposite side, and he addresses him in Latin with courteous, truly friendly words, and t'was what he said. Quire sacramentum in nomine domini, qui fecit coelum et terum, says the fellow. Numquam aceres ad altare dei, says the bishop. Ad deum qui latificat juventutum mium, says the lad. Non fies sacerdos per me in saeculum saeculorum, says the bishop. Amen, says he. Then was the bishop excessively enraged against the farmer's son, and raised his arm with a thick-butted, apple-knotted cudgel of a stick that he had in his right hand, and begins lacing and leathering and wailing the farmer's son without sparing, so that his blood and inwards ran down to the very ground. Oh, but that's sad my son's case now, says the farmer, and I think myself that every comfort and satisfaction and roasted hen and every bottle that he shall get like a prolute, prelate, sitting in his coverlet with kindness from this out, is not to be begrudged him, for it's hard and pitiable, it's patiently, gently, meekly, and humbly my child takes the religious yoke and the grade of priesthood on him this night, and it's not easily it will be forgotten by him to the termination of his career and his life, for it's diligently, piously, firmly, and soundly the blessed bishop drives it into his memory with swift-hand blows of the large stick. However, on the bishop's parting from the farmer's son, the aforesaid spalpeens came up to the young priest and asked his blessing. He lifted up his hands cleric-like and piously above his head and gave them general absolution, saying, Asperges me, domine, hisopo et mundabor, lavabis me et super nivem dialbabor. They carried him with them to the curic after that, and leapt into it flowingly and high-spiritedly until they reached land on the other side. And all that were in the island harbor made the same reverence to the farmer's son, and they asked him where was his bull or charter of priesthood. He said he had no charter, but the bull of the race of stoop-headed Connor Maclopis of Cavan, to the vicarage of Lirgen, the will of the people. They swore by the god of the elements that he never could have had a better charter than that, and they bound themselves by the sun and the moon to defend that parish for him to the end of his term and his life, and they did so. And now, Archie, the story, which does not concern a smoten, is good, for it is you that the application of this story concerns, and it is the good advice to you to take the same grade of priesthood. And if blows of a stick be struck you, it is small damage compared with every comfort and ease that you will get on the head of it. And in addition to every other advice I have given you, here are a couple of little rands for you, which shall be in your memory continually, so that they may be a good help in every pinch that is before you. End of 22